This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, November 26th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Galley. Here's today's headlines. U.S. and Mexico keep the pressure on. Turkey Day at the White House and farm groups weigh in on climate change. Trump and Mexico press Democrats on USMCA. President Donald Trump is trying to keep the pressure on House Democrats to vote on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement while lawmakers are out of D.C. for the Thanksgiving break. Trump got an extended dig at House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on the issue during a photo op at the White House yesterday with the Bulgarian Prime Minister. Trump said she's incapable of moving it. It looks like she can't. Everybody knows it's a great deal. She knows it's a great deal. She said it. Separately, Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador said yesterday that Mexico is sending a letter to Congress this week urging approval of the USMCA. Pelosi released a statement reiterating that Democrats were waiting to see a deal with the White House put in writing. She said, we are within range of a substantially improved agreement for American workers. And by the way, Jesus Ciede, Mexico's trade negotiator for North America, noted in his Twitter feed recently that Mexico approved a 2020 budget for more money set aside for labor reforms than Lopez Obrador had promised U.S. lawmakers. Ciede said Mexico will deliver in good faith on all commitments it undertook in USMCA. USDA acts to ease sugar shortfall. The Commerce Department yesterday approved the import of 100,000 tons of refined sugar from Mexico to offset the impact of shortages created by harvest problems in the upper Midwest. The action provides for more refined sugar relative to raw Mexican sugar, but doesn't change the overall level of imports from Mexico. Responding to the announcement, Senator John Hoven of North Dakota said he's working with USDA to provide much-needed support for our sugar producers and to ensure market stability. No bread and butter on this year's menu. It's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, and that means it's time for the annual presidential turkey pardon. The lucky pair of birds going to the White House this year are from North Carolina named Bread and Butter. According to White House descriptions of the birds, bread loves college basketball and a cold cheerwine. Butter likes to snack on sweet potato fries and is currently training for a personal best in the turkey trot. After this afternoon's event, Bread and Butter will head to Virginia Tech's retirement home for presidentially pardoned turkeys. They'll be housed next to peas and carrots, the pair that made the White House trip last year. Keep in mind, the four birds likely won't get that much time together. Peas and carrots already a year and a half old, and a Virginia Tech turkey expert says the birds don't live more than two years. Farm groups welcome conversation on climate. The National Farmers Union is telling House Democrats that agriculture needs to be a part of any government effort to address climate change. In comments filed with the Special House Climate Crisis Committee, NFU said, quote, Agriculture is in a unique position to provide the easiest, the least costly, and the most readily available means to reduce greenhouse gas emissions on a meaningful scale through soil and biomass sequestration. In answers to specific questions posed by the select committee, NFU emphasized the need for market-based incentives. 
And if you also express concern about recent USDA actions to suppress climate-related research findings and underfund climate research infrastructure. Now keep in mind, a coalition that includes the American Farm Bureau Federation, NFU, and major commodity groups sent the committee a one-page flyer outlining their broad priorities. Congress must protect American agriculture and production practices from undue burden and respect farmers and ranchers' ability to innovate and solve problems. Farmers for a Sustainable Future is motivated to ensure that farm families maintain their ability to respond and adapt to climate events and that public policies do not threaten the long-term resiliency of our rural communities. Take note. The flyer was accompanied by a short note that the groups, quote, would be more than happy to continue the conversation that we have already started with the committee. Governors to EPA replace gasoline aromatics with biofuels. Governors from the 22 states that make up the Governor's Biofuels Coalition are urging the Trump administration to reduce the volume of toxic aromatics in gasoline as called for in the Clean Air Act by increasing the use of ethanol blends. The average gallon of gasoline is composed of nearly 30% toxic aromatics in order to increase octane required by today's engines, the letter said, signed by Democratic Governor Tim Waltz of Minnesota and Republican Governor Kristi Noem of South Dakota, the coalition's chair and vice chair. The two said, as oil prices have risen, aromatic costs have followed, with consumers paying the price. One practical and cost-effective way to reduce aromatics is to use 30% ethanol blends to reduce particulate matter and back carbon emissions by 45% and hydrocarbon pollution by more than 20%. Aromatics include benzene, tulene, and xylene. Snap cuts would hit 3.7 million. The Trump administration's three proposals to reduce the size and cost of the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program would have cut the program by 3.7 million people had they been in place last year. That's the finding of an Urban Institute study that totals up the impact of the proposed rules that would tighten work requirements, tighten eligibility requirements, and change the way utility costs are factored when calculating SNAP benefits. The three rules would cut the program's total cost by $4.2 million. Some 36.4 million people were enrolled in SNAP as of August, the latest month for which the data is available. That number has fallen from $43.2 million in November 2016, even without those rules being in place. Now take note, the changes in how utility costs are calculated actually result in some SNAP recipients getting more benefits per month, while others get less, according to the study. About 2.5 million households would receive about $14 more per month, and 67,000 households would begin participating in SNAP. Corn harvest creeps on. About 15% of the nation's corn crop remains in the field, according to the USDA's latest crop progress report. Some 85% of the nation's corn crop had been harvested, compared to 93% at this time last year. North Dakota is the furthest behind schedule with only 30% complete, followed by Michigan at 56% and Wisconsin at 57%. All three I-states have an average of 86% complete. 
The report yesterday is supposed to be the last of the year, but NASA is extending those reports due to the delayed harvest. The last time NASA had to continue the report was in 2009 when farmers experienced similar weather conditions. Here's today's He Said It. I definitely love bread and butter with my turkey. That Greg Ibaugh, USDA Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs. He participated in a news conference yesterday with bread and butter. The turkeys headed for a presidential pardon today. Well, here's a programming note. Don't forget, Daybreak will take a break for Thursday and Friday for Thanksgiving. We'll be back Monday, December 2nd. Well, that is Daybreak for this Tuesday, November 26th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.